Hi, everyone. Welcome to the LED On Podcast. It's our first episode, so first we're going to tell you a little bit about the show. Before we do, we're going to do some introductions. So my name is Donovan Buck. I'm a JavaScript developer. I'm a contributor to Johnny5, and I'm pretty passionate about JavaScript on hardware of all kinds. Hi, I'm Pierce Prim. I actually work in the home automation industry. That's where I concentrate my JavaScript. I usually use Node.js to control uh, lights, audio and video, and stuff like that in a, a home automation environment. Hello, everyone. My name is Ryan Gill. I'm a web developer and uh, just an avid JavaScript hardware enthusiast and just like using JavaScript to automate stuff around the house and really enjoy programming just all in that same language. So. Oh, Ryan, you're uh, involved in the uh, Hackster meetups, right? Yeah, yeah. So every other Tuesday we have a meetup. Uh, it's the Hackster Hardware Meetup Group here in Houston. And uh, we get together with community members and people come in and present on uh, just projects they're working on, whether it's um, hardware, software, all kinds of things. So. Pierce, you have a meetup as well. We do um, host a IoT meetup where we're just looking at all things IoT. Some of it, a lot of it ends up getting into JavaScript, especially as it relates to the Raspberry Pi. Um, any kind of web front end, usually we're doing JavaScript with that as well. Cool. So uh, let's talk about the podcast a little. Uh, we kind of got together and decided we wanted to do something like this. We want to do something about uh, JavaScript on hardware. Um, we wanted to do something that was uh, kind of broad in the sense that we're going to cover a lot of different topics, but all the things that are tangential to JavaScript and hardware. Um, we might do deep dives on specific types of components, maybe certain boards, uh, certain software, certain frameworks. So it's pretty much... Uh, pretty much wide open as long as it's JavaScript and hardware. Yeah, if you love JavaScript on the hard hardware, you might be interested. Yes. So um, we also will uh, attempt to do some interviews. We can get some, some good, interesting people that are in the community to come and uh, talk about their projects or their products. Uh, we'll do that. So uh, let's talk about what exactly we mean when we say JavaScript on hardware, because there's there's lots of different kinds of hardware out there. And when you say JavaScript, it can be JavaScript running on board. It could be JavaScript running remotely. So there's single board computers like... Raspberry Pi is very popular. Yeah. Uh, the Tesla 2, uh, BeagleBone. That's right. So those Heavy in the ARM. Yeah. Very heavy in the ARM processor. Those boards all run Node. They run Linux. They run Node. Um, and that's what you're using to communicate with uh, a microcontroller. Some of, actually, those boards do have GPIO on board, so you can control things that are directly connected to those boards. That's right. You you do that, and you're going through the OS when you when you do that. Yeah. Yes. And then there's other kinds of boards, like microcontrollers, like the uh, uh, Espressif boards, the yeah. SP32, ESP32, ESP8266. Right. Yes. Which which aren't powerful enough to run. Linux and Node, but they, it is possible to load a JavaScript interpreter on them and run JavaScript on board. There's been some excellent work in that uh, lately, and so we, we hope to look at that. But yes, we're running JavaScript um, in an uh, interpreted JavaScript, by the way, runtime mm -hmm. engine actually runs on it, but bare metal. Yeah. No OS. Yeah. 
So that's that's uh, pretty amazing stuff. I don't uh, it kind of it's kind of mind blowing that they've managed to pull that off. But uh, the other way that you can do JavaScript with hardware is um, with a remote uh, host, where you have node running on a on a remote server that talks to a microcontroller remotely, and the the, the microcontroller will be running something like Fermata, which is just a, a program that listens for instructions. Turn pin one on, and it'll turn it on. And Ryan, you've done quite a bit of work with that with vehicles, haven't you? Uh, I like to pick up cheap RC cars from the thrift stores and uh, remove the guts out of them, basically, and then replace them with, usually it's a Raspberry Pi, and then, uh, yeah, you can use Fermata with that as well to control um, an Arduino usually hooked up to the Raspberry Pi is a good way to get in there. Awesome. Awesome. So, um... So hardware, it's pretty broad spectrum of what JavaScript on hardware entails. It can be JavaScript in Node. It can be JavaScript it's, it's engine a, running on the That's right. It's a very specialized engine and doing, doing very specialized uh, garbage collect. Because as you know, you know the, one of the issues with that would be the garbage collection for yeah. JavaScript. So, yeah, they've really done work with that. But, but it's running. Um, it's, it's in the firmware. So, yeah. yeah. Cool. Well, we'll talk about some specific examples of those things later, but we just want to give you an idea of, of, the, of the range of topics we're going to be covering. So this is kind of a weird thing to talk about, especially on a JavaScript for hardware podcast, but um, it's a good, it's, it, it's an important question because right? you got to have a good answer for this. But Pros and cons. Yeah. Why would you want to run JavaScript on hardware? I remember I, I built a project once and I was so proud of it and had all these servos and moving legs and arms and stuff. And I'm I'm showing it off at this hackerspace, and a guy walks over and he's asking me about it, and I'm like, "Well, it's it's all JavaScript, and you know, controlling it with this." And he goes, "Well, when are you going to build it in a real language?" Ooh. And so I, you know, I kind of cl- <laughs> I clenched my fist for a second, and then I relaxed and and you know thought about uh, why he was asking that question. Maybe that's legitimate. Yeah. So so what do they mean? What? <laughs> so what do you think? What do you think that question meant? Really? Well, there's there's some inherent challenges with running JavaScript on, on embeddable devices or microcontrollers or even doing it remotely. Um, JavaScript is a, it's a dynamic programming language, right? It doesn't, it's not pre-compiled with all of your instructions in machine code ready to go. A lot of that's happening on the fly. So you've got this interpreter that has to live on the hardware that takes all the instructions that you've written in JavaScript and converts them to a language the computer understands. And because you can dynamically create objects in code, literally dynamically create code in JavaScript, you can't do all the compilation beforehand. So there's got to be time and power enough to do all that processing. And seems like a lot of overhead. It is a lot of overhead. It's a lot of memory. Just to be able to run a language. Right. For, 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 for an embedded system, it's, it's a huge chunk of the memory, um, and it's a huge chunk of the processor resources. Um, so there's a, there's a pretty serious drawback there um, with, with running JavaScript on there. So you've got memory constraints. You've got you know, low power, and the more processing you're doing, the more power you're consuming. You've just got low processing speed. So like on my, on my laptop, right, um, I can run node and I can go through the event loop and I can go through the event loop many thousands of times per second. Mm -hmm. But on something like a Raspberry Pi, I may only be able to get through that event loop 20 times per second. And that kind of limits the kinds of things that you can do timing wise from your JavaScript code. 
Um, you know, you're not going to do your pulse width modulation in JavaScript. Uh, where you could do, you know, that's you a very Big good Bang point. And see, you're not going to do that from from your JavaScript environment. So there's there's limits to what you can do, or you have to have um, a mix of C code and JavaScript code, or or whatever is going to run on that embedded system. Um, you're going to have to have a mix where your JavaScript code is saying, okay, do PWM this fast, and then that code will respond and do it for you in its own clock cycle, right? Right. So. There's some things that uh, that make it challenging. Um, I was at a, a meeting, and I won't name any names, but it was a meeting about JavaScript on hardware, and the the chair of the meeting stood up at the beginning and said, we're just going to leave alone the question that must not be asked. And I raised my hand, and I'm like, what's, well, the, what, question? what's the question that must not be which, asked? Which one? <laughs> and he said, why would you use JavaScript on hardware? We're just not going to talk about that. Well, we got to talk about that, right? You've got to have an answer to that sure. question if you want people to take you seriously in JavaScript. Well, I've been working with microcontrollers for many years, mostly in C and C++. And the reason why I like JavaScript uh, on ha hardware is basically because of the libraries and things like that that you use. It's very easy to prototype, spin up something, get it working, and you're not... Um, in the ditch with the details, kind of, yeah. is the way I look at it. Yeah. So I've always been able to get something working a whole lot quicker in, in JavaScript. Yeah. Yeah, I really, I really enjoy JavaScript. Um, being as a web developer, it allows me to access the hardware from the web. So basically, I get an app going and running on this device, and then I have all the tools of the web to then interact with it, where I'm not limited to a GUI builder to build the interface for my device. No, I just build a web app, and it's mm -hmm. a simple interface, and you can leverage all of the open source tools that are available on the web to make your project that much better. That's a very good point. And, and two, being a JavaScript developer as you are, not really, you don't do any C and C++ usually, no, right? No, right. usually. Um, usually I'd leveraging that for Sketch, yeah. Right. So, so you have one language for hardware and front end, which is which is great. It gets you doing great solutions in a single language. Correct. There's not that context switching in between. And even that, when I'm when I'm when I have to go back to C and C plus plus from being in JavaScript, it takes me a little while to to get everything get me thinking correctly again. Yeah. Well, so we, we talked just now, we talked about a couple of um, other languages. Um, you know, we just talked about C and C++, which uh, aren't JavaScript. So let's talk about some other alternatives to JavaScript. First, I mean, C is like, you know, that's, that's the de facto language for, for embeddable systems. It's small, it's efficient, it's super common. Um, but it's also kind of hard, right? It's, it's easy to mess up your memory management. Mm -hmm. It's it's hard to do concurrency, right? It, just just to cr create do in an object instantiation sometimes is difficult in C, or to grab some memory, it's difficult in C to do that sometimes. Yeah, yeah. What about asynchronous programming? I mean, that's the thing that that's the you, real killer. Yeah, you did yeah, right it, you, uh, to to learn how to get in and out of a. Or run around in a real-time kernel can be very difficult. Yeah. yeah. So, um, well, uh, Rust, I guess, is another uh, up-and-comer on embedded systems because it can it can pre-compile. 
Um, it's small. It's got really good error checking. Um, you know, it's good performance, just like C. Uh, it's memory safe, unlike C. Um, and they've got a they've got a growing community, right? You know, it's it's kind of a, a funny thing. I was researching different languages, mm-hmm. and uh, just to want to make a note, you know, in JavaScript, we always we talk about our community and how awesome our community right, is, right? right? It, it is. Yes. It is. It's really cool. Yes. But when I was researching these other languages, and they were talking about the advantages of their language. Mm-hmm. Community. Our community is awesome. We've got so many people doing great things, contributing great things. And that was that was true. To Across all, all, all the languages. languages. Right. Everyone so feels that way. Everyone feels that way. Yeah, those are my buddies. These yeah. are the cool people sure. I know. That so Probably if you don't pick another language, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, I think in, in, in the JavaScript community, we need to stop just leaning on that crutch. We can't right. just say community because, uh, yes, it's awesome, but the other ones are pretty awesome too. So right. got to give them a chance. Um, there's another pre-compiled language, uh, Go. Uh, Go is uh, easy to learn uh, compared to Rust uh, and C. They've got Go routines for doing asynchronous programming. Um, it's you know it precompiles. It uses a little more RAM than Rust or C, but it's not like trying to run a JavaScript interpreter on your on your uh, microcontroller. They also have a really big library of drivers that people have written for different little hardware components. You know things that you can go and just grab off the shelf and wire up and use with these with these libraries that they've made available. Think of it like, you know, the NPM registry, but dedicated for, for just the components that control hardware and go. Yeah, that's super important with dealing with hardware. Yeah. So is that just the libraries themselves, or is that the actual modules as well, like the physical components? So it's the libraries themselves. Okay. So so let's say like you know here's the here's here's Go code for the, you know, PCA ninety six eighty five servo controller or something like that, right? Okay. So um. So they've, they've got that library going, which is really nice. Then there's other interpreted languages like JavaScript that have a, you know, an interpreter running on the microcontroller, things like uh, Lua, um, which, you know, I don't know if either of y'all ever worked with the Tesla 1. You remember the I, Tesla I didn't one? get a chance to, no. Yeah. I, I was lucky. came in on the Tesla 2 when it was you were lucky. nice and sweet. Yeah, you were lucky. Um, <laughs> the, the, yeah. The, the Tesla 1 was kind of weird because it was billed as a, a JavaScript platform you know you write your javascript but what was happening when you compile or build your your program to to run it on the tesla one it would cross compile to lua which was another scripted language and it would right. it would it would run in lua um so it was kind of kind of a weird thing but lua is another one that's wow. out there um squirrel y'all ever heard of I've squirrel never heard of this what is this so squirrel it's uh it, it's it syntactically it looks kind of like c or javascript but uh it's a little different uh, it wasn't developed by the people who make the electric imp, but it's what they use on their hardware. Yeah. And uh, it's it's really nice, that plus the library that they've built around it. Um, but as a language, it's it's unique, right? If you're writing Squirrel, you probably are only <laughs> writing code for the for the electric imp. Okay. And it's hard to get, you know, that 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 focused. I, I have a hard enough time learning one language, let alone, you know, one for every for device, each device I might want to use. Yeah. yeah. And then, of course, there's Python. If y'all Great Python, Python. Mm-hmm. yes. yes. Mm-hmm. And MicroPython, which I understand is a, is a subset of Python that, yeah. that can compile and run on, run on hardware. Very like popular in the hardware world, yes. Yeah. Okay. So there are other options out there. But let's now, you know, we talked about why JavaScript was bad for hardware, and we got a little bit into why it was, was good. But now let's, let's go a little deeper. 
yes. into why JavaScript is good. Why would you want to use JavaScript on let's hardware? Let's give some good swings at the ball here. Yes, yes. Let's let's talk about the question that, that must not be asked. Let's answer it. <laughs> so JavaScript is awesome for async, right? There's a lot of ways to skin that cat in JavaScript, and they're all built into the language. You don't need extra libraries. There's not some subset that one group is using and another group is not. They're all available to everyone because they're they're part of the language. You know, right? It, absolutely. You don't have to worry about clobbering variables by using them, by writing to variables and things like that, like you do in C if you're doing um, you know truly async type yeah. things. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, events, events and hardware. Or like peanut butter and jelly, right? Because the, the greatest. Yeah. Just listen yeah. to this event and respond to it. Yeah. Right. Button on, press, you know, turn on that LED. It makes it makes it super easy to have that 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 metaphor. So anything that's happening many times in, in the life of a of a device, you just set up an event listener and whenever it happens, it it just does it. Great paradigm. Really is, really is. Um, and then of course if you choose uh, callbacks and promises. Uh, and async await are great for those things that only need to happen one time or once in a while. So um, you've got a, a lot of options for, for asynchronous programming, a lot of patterns. Um, <laughs> we have community on our bulleted list. So, uh, yeah. But it's, it's, community is, is great in, in the aspect of when it comes down to trying to do things on hardware, finding somebody that's done it before or done something similar to bootstrap your, you know, your app. Mm -hmm. So um, that's that's incredible. Yeah, uh, that's what that's what actually drew me to JavaScript on hardware in the first place. Yeah. Well, I mean, and there are just a lot of people in the JavaScript community. Right, it's a huge community. I was looking at some of the the language stats from a recent survey, and it was you know sixty five percent. Or something like that, where people working in JavaScript, it was it was pretty nuts um, compared to the other languages. Where you know some of the other ones that are probably great for hardware, like Go, have relatively tiny communities. You know, a, a lot less than a tenth or a twentieth the size. You know, it's a small fraction of the size. Um, and you talked about people having solved problems before. Uh, you know, NPM, right? You, you go there's what they, they hit a million packages yesterday. A million packages on NPM. So there's a good chance that whatever you want to do, somebody's already, already done, done it. And yeah. they, they probably have tests written for it. And well, it's nice. Well, you hope. You hope. Yeah. You hope right. Tests? <laughs> you don't write tests? <laughs> yeah, let's move on. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, you do have this huge community. And if you're doing the node route where you're either running node on a single board computer or on a, on, a, on a remote server that's controlling your microcontroller over Wi-Fi or serial sure. or whatever, then you've got a, all these things that you wouldn't necessarily associate with hardware. You've got, you know, Twitter clients and, and all these different things that you can just leverage right out of sure, NPM. Sure, sure. Tons of, tons of APIs to use. Yeah. Of course. And time into your hardware. You know, buttons that deploy a server and, and all yeah. those things are... And that's another... Great reason why I like it in the IoT space. Yeah. Um, MQTT, all those things are in in JavaScript, uh, and there there's a lot more choices in JavaScript than in the C um, environment 
kind of in in that um, because a lot of the things that you may want to do are large and complex. Yeah. So they're not done on microcontrollers traditionally. Right. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, I know with uh, you know, the Electric Imp, which is a, a product that's designed to be used inside of commercial products, right? It's just a microcontroller with some GPIO. Okay. Module. And Wi-Fi. It's a right. module. Right. Yeah, right. Um, you know, their whole model, their, the way their company makes money, is by providing a, a, a cloud platform so that you don't have to write that part of it for your product, right? You just, you know, you'll do the, the electrical engineering work to get the electric imp onto your hardware. You'll program it to respond, and then you'll talk to a cloud server. And electric imp provides that cloud server, which is pretty cool. That's probably half the work uh, uh, to get something like that done. That could be a lot more than half of the work, and, and it's cloud plug and play. Yeah. 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 It's cl- pretty close. Pretty close. Yeah. So um, there is something special about the JavaScript community. I, I, I'd say just because of its sheer size, um, you've got some advantages there. Um, JavaScript's pretty easy, right? I mean, you can get up and running. You know, you can learn JavaScript from a open up the console in the browser and start typing JavaScript code. Right. That's a very good point. Yeah. You know, so really low barrier to entry. You know, if you want tools to do, easily installed. Yeah. Right. Oh yeah. Or already installed. Right. Come with any computer with the browser basically, you know. Yeah. So there's gonna be a, a lot more people using JavaScript in the future. Yeah, I mean, if you if you know JavaScript you can get a job as a web developer pretty easily, I would say. Yeah. So yeah. And there's a ton of work out there, so it's a it's a good skill to have in your back pocket. Yeah. And just to contrast that with the ease of learning JavaScript. Sometimes the tool sets it takes to install a tool chain for C and C plus plus. Yeah, it's a it's kind of a different ball game. Yeah, I mean I don't think Node would be where it is if it wasn't just download this binary and double click it. Right. Yeah, because uh, being able to compile on your machine is something that a lot of people you know we're just used to doing. But it's it's intimidating and it's hard and there's mm-hmm. an awful lot of googling involved when you're right. first getting started. Uh, so yeah, it is it is a it is a, a low barrier, a good experience for you, for new users. Um, you know, another thing that maybe isn't I wouldn't call it an advantage of JavaScript. It's just the reality of the kind of projects that that we create is uh, your performance isn't always that big a deal. Isn't the number one priority. Right. Right. So, I mean, you think about the Nest. It's not checking my hallway temperature a thousand times a second. That's it's, correct. It's going to wake up every few minutes, and it's going to take a reading and, and make a decision and then go back to sleep. And a lot of the things that are critical are done under the hood yeah. in JavaScript. So maybe JavaScript is running on top of your C library that's maybe doing your PWM right. and things like that, and you don't have to worry about it. Right. Right. So. So heaven forbid anybody that's got to go in and figure out how to cr- properly interface with timer timers of the microcontroller. Right. Right. That's that a, that's can be very difficult. Bring in the electrical engineer. Hey, we're we're programmers, not hardware guys. <laughs> yeah. So, um, high high level languages, all high level languages, speed up development. Right. If you're not having to manage memory and and uh, you know if you can rely on dynamic typing. 
you can you can get a, a working prototype done a lot quicker. I mean, that's just a you know a matter of fact kind of thing. Um, with JavaScript, you can load code dynamically, which can allow you to do some cool things. Um, you could have a you know your your program that's running in a JavaScript interpreter on a microcontroller that hits a repository, downloads its new code, and and just over the air update basically. Yeah, exactly over the air updates or even custom functions and things like that, which is scary. Sure, sure. About it's IoT. like a security vulnerability, yeah. but an it's awesome got to be feature, secure. You know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Most security vulnerabilities are features. Features. Yeah, yeah. sure. Um, and then, of course, JavaScript is the language of the web, right? Um, JSON, it just it, it just does JSON. You don't need any special libraries or any custom build, or you don't have to manually parse it. It just right. does it. And just about everything you're going to talk to on the Internet nowadays uses JSON. JSON. So, right. No no library needed. No wait. JSON library needed. Mm-hmm. Did you all say JSON? JSON. 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 Yeah. That's how I roll. It's kind of southern, maybe southern Jason. Okay, I'm, I'm good. I'm good with that. <laughs> so, um, all right. So we think JavaScript's good for hardware. Let's talk about some of the hardware that's out there. Some of the platforms, rather, that are out there that you can run on. Um, so, if, if you've done JavaScript on hardware in the past, you've probably heard of NodeBots, which is basically Node controlling hardware. It's basically Node controlling hardware. Um, and uh, you know quite a bit about this, don't you, I do, Donovan? I do. <laughs> I do. I've 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 uh, I've I've played with 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 it some. Um, so it, it kind of all started, I guess, the, the Node hardware thing, when uh, Chris Williams wrote Serial Port, that allowed the Mac to talk over Serial to whatever kind of hardware it needed to talk to. Right. And there was a a, a sketch for the Arduino called Fermata but I think already existed before Serial Port, that basically was a, a program that just lived on an Arduino and listened for instructions. So, you know, if you get an Arduino out of the box, it's a great way you can you can test it because you can just send a signal saying, you know, turn pin 13 on and you'll see the onboard LED come on, right? Um, and it Fermata started, got so popular that, that Arduinos started shipping with it, official Arduinos started shipping with Fermata installed already. And then, so there's a Fermata client for uh, JavaScript. There's Fermata clients for all the, pretty much all the languages. There's one for JavaScript, and it lets you do things like, you know, control pins, like set pin one high or set pin, a PWM pin to, to run on this interval, this, you know, this duration. Um, but then a guy, Rick Waldron, came along and wrote Johnny Five, which kind of abstracted these, these hardware parts like an LED instead of saying you know make pin 5 digital and set it high you could just do things like say LED on or motor forward or you know just made it really uh, abstract and easy to do you didn't have to know about pins you didn't have to know about that other than wiring them up you get um, a bunch of default features right right exactly so you've got this big framework of stuff uh, so Johnny 5 became really popular because um, it uh, was used a lot in hackathons. It is used a lot in hackathons still. Um, so it's a great way to learn JavaScript on hardware. You don't really need any... Uh, we, we've done hackathons where people didn't even know JavaScript, and they had a robot running that later that afternoon. Nice. Very true. Yeah. So, uh, you know, Johnny5 is... Uh, you know, check it out at johnny5.org. 
Um, but it's a great way to get started if you haven't done it before. Then there's uh, Cylon JS, which uh, caution, I'm not sure that the project is still being maintained. Um, last I looked, they hadn't updated anything in a couple of years, at least on their root module or mm-hmm. on their root uh, package. They have a lot of descendant packages, so maybe they're just updating the, you know, those parts. Um, but I hadn't seen any activity on the main thing for a couple of years. Um, and there's some weird things that they do. Uh, you know, they, they let you do things like control an LED or control a motor or control a servo, um, just like Johnny 5, although not quite as many features, not as many different methods that are available. Um, but they will take other people's libraries and kind of wrap them in mm. the Cylon framework. Um, I was, when I was first learning, I tried uh, uh, working with the Leap Motion Controller, and I was like really excited about it because that's a cool device. It's, it's a gesture controller that lets you, you wave your hand and it'll pick up gestures and where your hand position Just is. Just a USB device yeah, interface? Yeah. Okay. So it's really cool. Um, and they have a library. They have a, a, a package on NPM that you can, you can install and, and it runs a node and it's, it's really slick, right? They have this great interface. Well, the Cylon team had uh, created their leap motion controller for Cylon, and all it was was a wrapper that put it in their namespace, right? It didn't actually add any functionality, and, and it put a burden on them to where they had to do some upkeep to make sure all the functionality was passed through. So if you depended on their stuff, then you might not get the latest stuff from Leap. So it was really kind of a, kind of a thing to watch out for um, that they did that. They, they you know, put their name on everything, even if they didn't add value. I gotcha. So... Johnny Five is a different kind of a, a approach. They don't try and control things like a Leap Motion Controller. They'll just say, you know, use a Leap Motion Controller library. It interfaces great. And, and Johnny Five's got a real kind of a natural old school paradigm for programming. It's all, it's all callbacks. So it's really easy to use. Sure. Right. Once, once you get callbacks, that's, that's the one thing I do like about it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but that's, that's kind of the node landscape. Well, you know, the, we talked about, I guess we mentioned the boards that you can run Node on, the, the Raspberry Pi, the, the Tessel 2, the BeagleBone. There's probably some others, but those are the popular ones. Raspberry Pi right. is far and away the most popular. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but then there's also versions of JavaScript that run on microcontrollers. Um, so uh, XS is the one I'm most familiar with. It, uh, it's from a company called Modable, but it's open source. Modable makes their own boards with... Uh, uh, displays attached. They're pretty cool. And they're based on the ESP32, the Espressif uh, board, and it's a it's a pretty amazing JavaScript interpreter. They they have their libraries that they've added in, but the JavaScript interpreter itself, they have uh, they, they run it through test two six two, just like the Chrome team and all those guys, and they're like ninety nine point eight percent passing on test two six two on an ESP32. I know that's crazy. Wow. Crazy to think about that they can do that. Yeah, it's 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 really mind blowing. So, have you played with the hardware? I have a little. I have. Yeah. Yes, I have. I have a. I got a display working um, on both the eighty two sixty six and the ESP thirty two. Um, uh, tried to try to set up my tool chain in Windows and was not successful, so I swapped over to Linux. Yeah. And got it done the first time. Yeah. First try. So I, I know the model. Uh, team uses uh, uses Macs, so that's probably the the first class uh, 
Citizen there. Citizen, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Sorry, Pierce. <laughs> well, Linux is very it is very close so yeah. to, to that. So um, it it was you know, once I did that switch, um, it 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 was easy. But it it was very nice uh, to work with it. Ran some of the demos, ran right off the bat. I actually used hardware that I currently had. Um, so they're, they also have a lot of good tutorials on that, and it's very easy to use. Yeah, cool. So there's, uh, in addition to XS, there's uh, uh, the Esperino. Esperino? That's hard to say. You know, it's, It is hard to say. <laughs> it's funny, when, when I was first hearing names like Esperino, ESP32, ESP82, I thought they were all the same thing because of the ESP mm. you know, pre, uh, prefix. But Esperino has nothing to do with ESP32 or ESP8266, except that it works on ESP32 and ESP8266. Um, But I think the Esperino exists because they have their own boards, right, Uh, that they they are targeting, that they sell, and that's how they make their money. But then they open source uh, the Esperino platform itself so that you can use it on on other boards. And it's got its own um, flavor of JavaScript. Uh, with an interpreter that runs you know, like XS on on the hardware, so again, it's a it's a mind blowing thing that they can they, they can even do this. Um, but uh, Esperino is another one to check out. May need to give that a shot. Yeah, uh, JerryScript. Uh, that's the engine that's behind IoTJS. I think is a Samsung project that they are looking to uh, make hardware that they sell. I think it's called the Arctic that uh, runs JavaScript on board. And I think that's, you know, so that's another uh, JavaScript uh, interpreter out there that runs on hardware. And uh, finally, Low.js. Now, this one's, have you all heard of this? I have not, no. Yes, I actually, uh, I had a couple sent to me uh, from Neonius in, in Germany. Um, in fact, I think I'll do a giveaway at one of our meetups. Oh, cool. So let's do that. So, um, yeah, it, it, uh, it was a nice device. They have a really great dev environment that runs right off the chip, right off the board. Yeah, I remember you presented on that one, and it was just basically plug it in, and your ID comes right up, and you're programming on the so, device so itself. So the IDE is served by the board? Yes. That's weird. See, it's, it's, it's awesome. And it's, you can see your CPU load. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it, it's really a great environment. Right. Well, now, the, the way they bill it, is that it's a stripped-down version of not just JavaScript. It's a stripped-down version of Node. So they have interfaces that either are ports of or match the API of Node interfaces, like like you know FS for file, file system. Yeah, they have their own file system library. Mm-hmm. Well, I assume it's their own. I don't know how much you could possibly port from Node. I've been, I've built Node before. That's big. It's it's a huge project. Um, so yeah, they're just, doing, they're definitely doing some magic. Yeah, but it it was great uh, to work with it. Um, so I, I I don't know. I think I think they're gonna do great things. You know, in that vein, yes. I think they you have the kind of the same model as as Esperino, where they have their own hardware that they sell, but it also runs on an ESP thirty two. Yes, and I wanted to get it up and running fairly quickly. Yeah, I want to just basically present it. As a lightning talk, so I didn't want days yeah. of, of effort into it. 
So um, I I bought straight from the source. Okay. But their device is very nice. It's an ESP32 with Wi-Fi, and they have a NIC on it, so you okay. can so you can plug it right into an Ethernet switch. Oh, Pierce likes his hardline connection for his home automation stuff. I love wired for home automation. All right. So uh, I'm not sure how much time we've burnt here. Really Feels don't. like a while. <laughs> Um, so, uh, in closing, we're, we're hoping to release one of these, uh, every month or so. Uh, we're shooting for about 20 minute podcasts. I hope you found this one interesting. It was very high level and broad because it is episode zero. <laughs> Hopefully we've convinced you that JavaScript on hardware is, uh, is, is a reasonable thing to do and there are good situations for it. And it's fun. And it's, it's fun. fun. Yeah. Yeah. I'd agree with that hundred percent. Thanks for listening. All right. Thanks. Thanks guys.